This is Dr. Nick Tiller, and you're listening to the Skeptic's Guide to Sports Science podcast. What follows is an audio recording of my column published in Skeptical Inquirer, the magazine for science and reason. For more information, visit www.skepticalinquirer.org. As with all articles in the series, a link to the original piece with its full list of references can be found in the show notes. Episode 22, Magic Jewelry and the Irony of Ignorance. The plot for the epic fantasy series Lord of the Rings centred on, well, a ring. But not just any ring, a magic ring. The one ring to rule them all bestowed immense power on its owner. The power of invisibility, the power to dominate the wills of others, and power over the bearers of subservient rings. But in this month's column, I discussed jewellery with such extraordinary properties, it'd make even Bilbo Baggins a little envious. These charms and trinkets can harness quantum energy fields, resonate with the body's intrinsic frequencies, emit magnetic pulses, and surround the owner with protective and healing energies. From sports performance to health and healing, there are earrings, necklaces, bracelets, and rings for every desire. And, unlike the one ring which was forged in the fires of Mount Doom, these knickknacks can be found at your local pharmacy. Hologram Bracelets It wasn't too long ago that medicine men toured the Old West, staging theatrical demonstrations to promote the miraculous healing properties of their snake oil preparations. In the early days of its life cycle, the power balance bracelet relied on similar parlor tricks. In one demonstration that was toured at health and fitness conferences, audience members were invited on stage and asked to stand on one leg with their arms out for balance. An assistant pulled down on the volunteer's forearm, easily toppling them off center. Then the power balance bracelet was introduced And once strapped to the wrist, the test was repeated, only this time the volunteer resisted the force and remained upright. The audience applauded and then invested. The device, you see, was made with hologram technology and, quote, embedded with frequencies that react positively with the body's energy field to improve vitality, strength, balance and flexibility, end quote. Actually, the difference between the trials was not the bracelet. In the second test, the salesperson pulled down above the elbow, closer to the volunteer's centre of gravity, making the challenge easier to withstand, especially for someone anticipating it a second time around. The subtle shift in position was obscured behind the theatrics of the trial. Sales of power balance continued to soar, long after well-known skeptics like Richard Saunders exposed the facade. Its revenue, just $8,000 in 2007, reached around $35 million in 2010. The main driver of sales was not scientific evidence, which, believe it or not, was not forthcoming, but rather clever marketing. Power Balance was endorsed by high-profile athletes, including David Beckham, Paula Radcliffe, Roger Federer, Rubens Barrichello, Wasps Rugby Football Club, 
and many other sports people and celebrities. Such visibility led to the exposure effect, the psychological phenomenon whereby people develop a preference for things with which they are familiar. Then there was the scientifically meaningless word salad that was served up in the marketing rhetoric, which was designed to distract the consumer from the lack of a legitimate mechanism. It succeeded in blinding the consumer with technical jargon, terms such as body frequencies and energy fields that don't reflect real-world phenomena. Like many commercial health and wellness products, the bracelet became popular through the exploitation of scientific illiteracy. To this day, there is no scientific evidence to support the use of power balance, not that it makes a difference to sales. In fact, the huge financial investments that power balance channeled into celebrity endorsements and viral marketing made the science relatively inconsequential. Eventually, in 2011, following a damning report from the Australian Competition and Consumer Commission, Power Balance filed for bankruptcy. The company issued the following statement. Quote, We admit that there is no credible scientific evidence that supports our claims, and therefore we engaged in misleading conduct. End quote. Magnetic bracelets. Have you ever played whack-a-mole at the fairground? A mechanical mole's head pops up out of the hole, receives a stiff whack from a foam mallet, only to be replaced a fraction of a second later by another head elsewhere in the mechanism. Well, that's what it's like confronting commercial pseudoscience. No sooner had power balance gone bankrupt on account of a hefty fine by the ACCC, there was another brand of bracelet being sold on an equally questionable premise. Magnetic bracelets supposedly improve circulation using super magno power. Here's a quote from one manufacturer on how this is achieved. Quote, The magnetic effect comes down to hemoglobin, the iron-based protein inside red blood cells. In the same way that iron filings align themselves along the field lines around a bar magnet, so the red blood cells align themselves along the straight field lines of the electromagnet, end quote. It all sounds so reasonable. Red blood cells do contain iron and hemoglobin, which is the oxygen-carrying component of the blood, and iron filings do align themselves along magnetic fields. But that's where the plausibility ends. The main flaw in the premise is that metallic iron is ferromagnetic, meaning it has a strong response to magnetic fields. But iron in the blood is weakly paramagnetic and not susceptible to magnetic fields. This is rather fortunate, of course, because otherwise a lot more people would be exploding and bleeding to death during standard MRI scans that use strong magnetic fields to take medical images. The literature is no more flattering than the premise. Most studies looking at pain reduction with magnetic or copper bracelets show no effects or are very low quality, with a few exceptions. For instance, a 16-week double-blind study found that magnetic and copper bracelets were ineffective for treating pain, stiffness or physical function in patients with osteoarthritis. Even studies with apparently positive outcomes on pain were unable to discount the most likely cause of effects, placebo. In a show of contempt for these and other bracelets, 
two Australian brothers known as Skeptic Bros conceived the Placebo Band, a bracelet similar in look and feel to the Power Balance bracelet, with the same holograms and the same distinct lack of effect on health, vitality and fitness. Sold for just $4.99, one benefit is that you can turn a hefty profit selling them to your friends for $30 each. Anti-inflammatory necklaces for babies. Yes, for babies. There's a reason that plastic bags, devices with removable parts, and products with strings and wires are labeled keep out of reach of children. This is because those little carpet apes will grab, poke, and chew anything on which they can lay their hands. So, strapping a beaded necklace around a toddler's neck doesn't strike me as the best way to protect its health, but I'm not a parent, so what do I know? Hazelwood apparently has anti-inflammatory properties, and when whittled down to a necklace and worn close to the body, can relieve, quote, Inflammation, commonly referred to as excess acidity, joint pain, stomach aches, mouth ulcers, ailments, chronic skin conditions such as psoriasis or eczema, teething, colic, constipation, gastric reflux, and other sources of inflammation. End quote. From the few online reviews, the main customers appear to be new mothers looking to soothe their child's teething pains. Why hazelwood, and not any of the other 59,999 species of tree, and why a necklace and not a bracelet, anklet or charm is unclear. There are no plausible mechanisms of which to speak, nor any empirical evidence of benefit, hence why the product's description features a laundry list of logical fallacies. For instance, in an obvious appeal to nature, one company boasts using 100% natural hazelwood. Then there's an appeal to tradition or appeal to antiquity, when it's claimed that hazelwood has been used by Native Americans for hundreds of years. The vendor claims that the wood is scientifically recognized for its richness in polyphenols. It isn't. Before finally and mercifully concluding their patter with an appeal to popularity by claiming to have thousands of satisfied customers. It should immediately set your skeptical senses tingling when logical fallacies like these take the place of valid science. As an aside, amber necklaces are commonly sold for treating teething pain on the basis that amber releases succinic acid that is absorbed through the child's skin. However, there's no evidence that succinic acid is absorbed through the skin, even when applied directly, and no evidence that it relieves pain. Moreover, succinic acid is only released from Baltic amber at very high temperatures, about 200 degrees Celsius, or 392 degrees Fahrenheit. Assuming your child isn't a dragon, it's unlikely that they'll be able to tolerate these very high temperatures. Acupressure, magnetic and thermochromic earrings. One would be forgiven for thinking that these were three distinct products, but this next piece of jewelry is said to be all three. The manufacturer of these studs employs a shotgun approach, throwing as many mechanisms as possible at the consumer in the hope that one might stick. First, the earrings are claimed to be magnetic lymph active to improve lymph drainage that helps, quote, overcome hunger and suppress appetite, end quote. 
Of course, lymphatic drainage has relatively little or nothing to do with appetite, but let's not allow reality to derail a good premise. The stones are also apparently thermochromic. Now in chemistry, this means they have the property of being able to change color according to temperature. But in something closer to alchemy, where these products operate, thermochromic apparently means they release infrared waves to help people become healthier. The studs then attach via acupressure, apparently for slimming. Other unsubstantiated claims include stress reduction, better sleep, improved circulation, and normalized blood pressure. These earrings aren't based on traditional philosophies of healing, ancient Chinese medicine, or even misappropriated science. This is straight-up New Age gibberish, Health and wellness ideas taken from the Deepak Chopra school of fabricated gobbledygook, aimed at the most credulous among us. Also note the multiple claims. Science-based medicine is usually targeted and specific. In other words, drugs and therapies are tailored to specific endpoints, be it lower blood pressure, lower cholesterol, improved insulin sensitivity, better glucose control and so forth. But alternative therapies often claim to have wide-ranging effects and to aid multiple independent ailments. That is a red flag. Healing rings. Speaking of Deepak Chopra, these healing rings appear to have channeled his raw essence. You see, they are metaphysically powered, which means that if you wear the ring for just one day, you will, quote, feel the relief of being surrounded by protective and healing energies, end quote. The rings are also energy-blessed and, quote, guaranteed to accelerate healing and increase spiritual protection around you, end quote. The manufacturer makes claims that aren't just health fraud, but potentially dangerous. One ring, with a healing stone at its center, is said to protect the wearer from being hurt. I wonder... Would anyone actually be foolish enough to test that guarantee? There's an asterisk alongside the primary claim. Skim to the small print at the foot of the page and you'll find an important caveat. Quote, These items are made for healing and protection of the spirit only. They are not a substitute for medical, financial or professional advice of any kind or physical protection. They do not cure the coronavirus or protect from infection. End quote. No kidding. The jewellery that I've described, just a few examples from many hundreds, come from two types of vendors. First, you have the bullshitters, a vulgar term rescued by scientists and philosophers to describe people who use statements without concern for the truth. These vendors spread disinformation essentially to line their pockets. They know full well that their jewellery doesn't conjure ethereal magic, summon energies from other dimensions, or warp body essences to make people thin, but they willfully exploit the willfully ignorant. On the other side of the coin, you have those people who vehemently believe in the products they sell. These folk are just as deluded as their customers, desperately seeking the comfort of metaphysical phenomena in a self-evidently physical world. Yearning for realities beyond our own is a common condition. Theists believe in an all-powerful god or gods that are simultaneously imminent and transcendent. 
proponents of complementary and alternative medicine, or CAM, as well as many practitioners of traditional martial arts, describe a universal but unmeasurable life force known as qi, which can be manipulated, apparently, for health and healing. Even scientists and skeptics tend to be drawn to science fiction and fantasy, because it offers a glimpse of exciting worlds beyond the apparent banality of this one. There's nothing wrong with flexing one's imagination, but it's a problem when it starts to influence health, wellness or clinical practice, blurring the line between science and fiction. A longing for the supernatural doesn't legitimize it. Science doesn't care what you believe. And so, if we're ever to transcend the world of commercial pseudoscience, a two-pronged approach is needed. We must first continue to advocate for science and be patient and compassionate in educating health and wellness consumers to judge for themselves if a product is worthy of investment. Second, the same corrective messages must be targeted at those people selling the products. It is often the case that these people are victims of their own scientific illiteracy, having themselves been deceived into selling products against the example of science. So, it's the proponents of snake oil that tend to need the most guidance. That, my friends, is the irony of ignorance. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed this article, check out my book, The Skeptic's Guide to Sports Science, Confronting Myths of the Health and Fitness Industry, published by Taylor and Francis. For more information on this and my other work, visit www.nbtiller.com. Thank you.